0: Ennis. I'm Carly Chardonnay-Webb. You are in the Transporter Room this week, a very special episode because we have with us a trans man athlete who was big time on television, a reality show with The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. This was an explosive episode of the Titan Games. And Carly, I understand you got to talk to this contestant prior to the whole show being on TV. On yes, Monday.
1: I yes, I did. Got a chance to got a chance to talk to Mitch. And I can tell you, I mean, Mitch was fired up for it. I mean, competed, competed superbly. And when you say Mitch,
0: Mitch Harrison is an athlete that many people may know from a name that came before, just like I had a name before I was Don Ennis. You had a name before you were Carly Webb because Mitch is a trans man who transitioned from a uh NCAA basketball star into this Titan athlete.
1: Yeah, I mean that I mean that's the other part of the story. I mean, Mitch Harrison had been used to the highest levels of competition in the past. And I mean, they were I mean, he was a Gatorade player of the year in high school mcdonald's all american in high school goes off to college and just doesn't play ncaa division college basketball plays at one of the crown jewels of the sport stanford and their legendary hall of fame head coach tara vanderveer for three years and then go in that span three ncaa tournament bids three final four trips two national championship games as a member of the cardinal and then transfers to utah Becomes a key cog in Utah, winning a Mountain West Conference title in 2011 and then making it to the NCAA tournament and playing Notre Dame tooth and nail for 40 minutes before succumbing by 13. I mean, this is an athlete who has seen some big stages and and Monday night was a big stage as well. And once again, amid all that pressure, all the hot lights and Mitch Harrison didn't give one inch. No, he didn't. And you know what's amazing?
0: I would say that um, March Madness held nothing compared to the excitement in my house as we cheered on Mitch. And let's just bring him on in. Let's set coordinates for Kenai, Alaska. Mitch, you're in the transporter room.
2: How how awesome it is to be here. Thank you so much for both of you having me.
0: For those folks who didn't get to watch the Titan games, how did it all turn out?
2: Well, unfortunately, I lost, and it's obviously disappointing, not only as uh, just as an athlete and as a competitor, but obviously uh, based on the expectations I had to really make a statement for trans athletes. So it's disappointing, um, but absolutely, I, I I didn't quit and gave everything I had, but it was just one of those situations where things didn't fall my way. So it it'll sting for a while, but I'm still I'm still proud of the effort that I gave. And so you should be. You made a statement.
0: I loved how you remained composed, how your wife supported you, how you kept your essence of I can do this all the way throughout the entire process. And let's let the folks at home who are listening in know, you've known about this for quite some time. It was not just Monday night. This is pre-taped.
2: Mhm. Yeah. And uh, that that was very difficult. It's it's hard to kind of put on the the face of excitement in terms of uh, you know, getting people to watch and tune in and, and to cheer you on. Uh, you know, of course, I'm having close friends and family that want to know the outcome, but I can't tell them. And, I, you know, knowing that deep down that they're going to tune in and watch me lose, that was that was really hard, especially to stay positive all the way up until the episode. Uh, but, you know, I know that's kind of part of how TV works. And, and you know, obviously, like you just said, it wasn't filmed like uh, over the weekend and then shown on monday uh this was a lot of time in the making so that that part was definitely hard but i'm still glad that there was a lot of excitement going into it and that i had so many people being supportive and and watching and still cheering me on because you know i i feel that energy so at the end of the day that was still a, a great thing to experience despite having uh having to having those losses and then having to have all these people that I wanted to make proud watch as well. So, um, but still very proud.
1: I, I'll bet there's still a lot of pride. I'll, I'll say watching it, even though, I mean, even despite the outcome, I was quite proud. I was like, yes, that's one. I mean, that's one of mine out there doing it and doing it. Well, walk us through the night, starting with that fir- with that first competition. I mean, when did it hit you that I'm here? And I'm on this
2: stage. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, I would say probably just standing there backstage as, they're, as, as they were getting us ready for the competition because they, they had it set up where we were actually kind of going back to back to back. So other competitors were in front of us. And then you had the next people on deck ready to go for their competition. And, you know, you're just kind of standing there almost similar to like in a basketball game where you're kind of on the like behind the stands and in the tunnel way there and you can hear all the cheering going on, all the noise, you can feel the energy in the arena. It was very similar to that actually. And, uh, but at the same time, there's a difference when, you know, Dwayne Johnson's right there and you can see him doing his announcing and got the cameras on him. You've got cameras on us and you, you can, you get to the point where they show your face and your name up on the, basically up on the jumbotron there in the titan arena and it's like wow okay here we go <laughs> this, this, this is full speed now There there's no turning back uh but it it was interesting how it was i would i would say it was similar to moments of of about to enter the arena for playing a big basketball game um uh, you know kind of ready to to run out there with your teammates and it, the the crowd's ready to to cheer you on as you as you enter the arena it was, it was very similar to that but um but it was awesome at the same time kind of like that same feeling of well we're here we're here now let's go we're ready to do this so it was it was really really exciting
0: i loved how the program producers were careful to make sure that they introduced you as the man you are there was no big mm-hmm. hype building up to it's a trans man versus a cis man and when they did do the big reveal which you know television likes to do. I thought they did it tastefully, mm-hmm. but I'd like to know if you agree, were you happy with how they told your story? Cause it's always hard having to have that part of your story told on a big stage.
2: Right. Um, I agree. I think, um, I think how it turned out was, was very, very well done. And I'm so appreciative of how they did handle things. And it's very reflective of how they treated me throughout the entire experience. Uh, every producer, every cameraman, every, uh, You know, every costume designer, every makeup artist that was there on set, uh, every single one of them treated me treated me with so much respect. And I think that was reflective in how the episode turned out, because, you know, just like everything else, I had no idea exactly how they were going to piece things together. But in another way, too, I felt like it was reflective because in terms of them speaking with me and learning more about my story, one of the things that I I repeated to them was. It's very similar in how I live my life. I'm not somebody that obviously I wouldn't say a lot of people are like this But I'm certainly not one that just goes out making this announcement to people. I'm very much one that um, Will befriend people even even to the extent of becoming good friends with them And they don't know that I'm trans and then it eventually will come out and I allow that to speak for itself in terms of how they perceive me because obviously prior to them knowing I was trans, that was never a question in their mind. And I'm grateful to an extent that I have had that opportunity because it's been more impactful for those that may have never thought in their life they would have a friendship or relationship or something to that extent with a trans person, let alone finding out that their good friend is trans and then it's like, oh, so it really doesn't matter. What matters is that you know we respect each other, we're, we're good friends and I trust you, et cetera, et cetera. And I think I think that kind of tied into the episode. It didn't mean to be like we need to build this up because there's a trans athlete. It was let's just let's just introduce Mitch as Mitch, and then let his story speak for itself. So I think they did really well in kind of tying that in because I really did speak to that in terms of sharing my story with them. So I was very appreciative of how tasteful it was, how well done it was. Um, I, they did share tidbits with me leading up to it in terms of how excited they were, how proud they were of it coming together, how impactful they felt like it was gonna be. I had one of the producers tell me that every time he watched it, as they were working on it, he felt like it would you know was making him emotional tears in his eyes. So I was like, oh wow, this is gonna <laughs> this is gonna be something by the time I get to watch it. But same reaction for me. I was I was bawling my eyes out all night long. So Oh I believe was- it same here we were crying too.
0: <laughs> and and you know what I yeah. thought was interesting? I, I'm hoping this is true, but it really did seem like Exodus considered you an equal and that when he um, mm-hmm. when he hugged you at the end uh, of your particular part in the show, it really seemed genuine. And I, I hope that was true.
2: It Absolutely. I I give so much credit to Exodus because, um, you know, not only do I feel obviously he deserves so much credit for, you know, for coming out on top for, for winning. He deserves that. Um, he's a great person. He has his own statement to make. And I'm sure it's also, sometimes I, I can only imagine being on the other side knowing that you're competing against the trans man. And obviously that's gonna be a big story in itself. And you know, I, I certainly haven't wanted my story to overshadow uh, his greatness and his own story. So, uh, but you're absolutely right. It was very genuine, he's an, he's an outstanding person and I'm very proud of him too. I know he's fought uh, tooth and nail to get where he's at as well. So all the credit to him, absolutely.
1: Well, that's one thing I was thinking was: is there a way that both the that both could take on the Pro Titan? I mean, is there a way they could just like have them double team you? Because it was good. I mean, there was no one to root against. It was just two guys going at it to root for. One thing for yourself though, watching like for example, watching the pre story, it struck me about the fact that, I mean, it was understated, but it was also candid. I mean mm-hmm. names names were named the whole story was told the the reveals were made and and even if it's tastefully done still in some ways was it hard seeing that even the even somewhat
2: Yeah it, it, there's absolutely uh an aspect of vulnerability to all of this I mean I have felt very grateful to be in a position uh, to 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 take this on, to take this, this big of a stage on. Um, but of course, I, I know that going into this, I, I could try and compare myself to everyone else who is about, who, who's either watching their episode or about to watch their episode. And, you know, I, I could, I could, I think I can safely assume that it, for them it's a little bit safer. You know, they're just watching themselves be themselves out competing. This is, and the focus is really about them being an athlete and, and competing on a athletic show. Where, you know, I'm coming into it with that same, you know, (laughs) that's that into the same atmosphere, but there's this compounded into it where there's a level of a a, a huge level of vulnerability that I was trying to take on as well. So, so many more emotions, um, hard to watch all in all, like it's hard to watch myself lose because I'm competitive. It's hard to watch myself tell this story and know that there's probably millions of people watching it. Um, there's people even in my life today that didn't know (laughs) and now know, and it's like, well, this is, this is beyond floodgates. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it was was definitely still, still difficult, but I know at the end of the day, it's going to be, it's going to be rewarding. So this is, that's what I'm hanging on to throughout the experience.
0: If I could ask, I've had members of my family, um, God, it's been six years. no, seven years since I came out who still don't look at me the same way or won't talk to me or, and you know, they disown me. After your show Monday night, were any minds changed on people who you've lost who might've seen the new you and, and realized just as you said, they're missing out?
2: <laughs> yeah, um, I wish I could say that it, it has. Um I know at this point it has not. And to be honest, it's I know it's a really tough subject. Um yeah. and it'll it it'll always uh bring its own level of pain. But, you know, even through all of this, even if they watch, um you know, I, I honestly don't expect minds to be changed. This is just kind of uh how how I know things to be as they are right now. And it's really unfortunate, but I think, I think one thing that I would love to share in terms of the message I have when it comes to this kind of topic is, you know, I, it's really hard. I I miss these, you know, family and friends that I've lost. Um, It's always hard to, to accept the fact that they don't accept me, but I think it's important to know that, you know, I, if I want at some point to hopefully receive that unconditional love from them. I also have to give it. And so I have to be in a position to, to say to them, you know, I love you. And I accept that this is your decision. I accept that you believe differently. You have a different perception on this because I know that I, I, I I don't think it's fair for me to ask the same from you if I can't give it. And so uh, it's been a difficult, Uh, road and journey to kind of get to that place because it is painful but I think it allows me to be so much more at peace with the situation and and to always remain open in a loving place and in a positive place so that if they ever do change their mind that I can embrace them and and let them know that I I don't hold this against you I don't hold that bitterness or grudge in my heart because if I do it's just going to be reciprocated back to me and so You know, that's the place that I continuously work to stay in mentally and emotionally, even spiritually. Uh, And I I hope that some way, somehow they'll know that and understand that, that I, I accept them and I love them no matter what. And it's, it's a sad situation, but, um, you know, hopefully something like this, hopefully they do watch and and hopefully over time it it does soften them and, and bring them around to embracing me just as much as I'm ready to embrace them. So it's tough and I'm sorry for your situation as well. And I'm sorry for everyone that goes through it because it's probably one of the most painful things somebody can go through. And, uh, if, if I could share any message on that, that would be something that I would love for people to, to maybe open their hearts to as well. Even though it's hard, it's easier said than done. That's for sure. Well, with that in mind, I want to,
1: I want to peel back some of those layers to the backstory. I mean, I mean, we know, we know what the media guide says about the backstory. I mean, the high school, the high school basketball success, matriculating to one of the top programs in the game. In the game, mm-hmm. for yourself, two th- really a two part question. First, kind of walk us through like what the childhood was like, and how did you manage to play at the level you did while dealing with the uncertainty that you were dealing with inside? How did you work, work and play through the turmoil?
2: That's another great question. Um, So in my upbringing, the, my family itself, we're, we're a very, very sports oriented family. Um, For example, my sister, who actually, I do have a really positive and close relationship with um, pretty much she, she played high school basketball and also played, basketball in junior college and was essentially my my hero growing up and fortunately she took me under her wing when I was really young and decided to to teach me the fundamentals of basketball and she was she was uh, like from the get-go a great coach and a great mentor for me and obviously I owe her a lot for teaching me skills really really young and instilling a lot of that discipline as well when I was really young because it carried all the way throughout my entire career, really, um, because I started playing really young and I had already developed a lot of those skill sets that you don't obviously see young kids have. And that helped me start to start to stand out really early on as well. And uh, at the same time, you know, I knew this about myself, about being trans. Obviously, you don't really know what that means when you're young or you know, the terminology or, or any, anything to that regard, but basketball was certainly that that safe space for me. And I think we all could agree that sports is kind of that that arena where uh, you're, a lot of that masculine energy can come out and you're not going to be judged for it. Uh, and that was very much the case in my family, even though my mom and other siblings and other close family members were always encouraging me to be more feminine. When I was out on the basketball court, that all just was pushed aside and it was just about playing basketball. And they, my family and everyone could see that I had a lot of promise and potential to be great. And, and so that kind of just took precedence. It didn't really matter about the fact that I was a really big tomboy. I was very masculine. had I had a very strong masculine energy. And uh, it it did become more problematic as I got into high school, because obviously by that time, the recognition I was receiving, becoming an All-American, and then also being uh, a a fairly recognized face within my church, it was like, oh, now I have the expectation to be this certain role model. And part of that meant being the the female role model as a, a very Christian, Orthodox, LDS uh member and that was that was a lot of pressure because it was like oh look at this great example you can set not only as an athlete but as this great woman this this outstanding woman and it it was hard because then you know obviously as you get older the those masculine and the the transness of myself was also increasing as well so it it was kind of just like a, a pressure cooker that was building up As time went on and then go to go off to Stanford and and it was kind of a similar thing. It just continued to build a lot of back and forth, a lot of uh, a lot of turmoil really starting to surface between me and my family, me and myself as a member of my LDS church. Uh, And then, you know, I think it just really hit that point, especially once I was forced to retire due to injuries that okay, now I'm in a situation where basketball is not at the forefront of my decision-making and I can actually consider transitioning. So it really just got to this point where I knew, like, it was always inevitable, but um, that boiling point was was still difficult on so many ways, even though I was excited that I could finally pursue this. Um, but it was, it was obviously, I knew it was going to come with this downside of, I knew that, my family wouldn't support me or most of my immediate family wouldn't support me and making this decision decision meant i was not going to have them in my life and that i knew that i there was no oh maybe i can have a sit-down conversation and we can talk this through it might be hard we might have to hash it hash it out but hopefully we can find some resolution or some common ground i knew that was not going to happen um, but still i just felt that motivation inside me that i had to make this decision and it was going to be what was going to matter the most was my long-term happiness and my happiness, not making anybody else happy, not serving any anybody else's expectations, but my own. So it really kind of just led up to all of that, and you know, there was a lot of turmoil, a lot of dark times. But I, I, I really, uh, I really mean it when I say that the the moment I I decided to transition, and even like that first day of going on hormones. Everything has been uphill from there. Even though I've lost a lot of close friends and family, I've learned to accept that situation and know that at the end of the day, I chose myself. I chose my happiness, my self love. And by far, that has been the most important and best decision of my life. I don't regret it at all.
1: And your story and my stories mirror in a lot of ways. I think because oh, yeah. sports is a hiding place for you. Sports was also very much a, a place for me. It was a place for me to hide. And in a sense, it was a place for me to hide and bury it and escape it for a little while. And the interesting mm-hmm. thing is now sports is sports is a place that where it was once a place to try and bury it and keep it hidden and try to hide. Now it's a place where I can come out and be bold. Mm-hmm. But one bold thing that you that you did do even through all that time was. to, to wear Stamford on your chest. And have the opportunity mm-hmm. to play for a legend. I'm just what I asked you before. I'm going to ask this question again who you think would be the tougher coach, The Rock or Tara Vanderveer?
2: <laughs> and I still love that question equally as much as when you first asked it. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely still stick to my answer. I, I, I think uh, Tara, uh, Coach Vanderveer, I think is definitely the tougher coach. She, she still scares the heck out of me <laughs> to this day, even though we have a, a great relationship. We're on such great terms and she's so supportive of me and my transition. Uh, but she's still one of those that I would always say, put, put them two in the room and I'm going to run to the rock and be like, <laughs> like, please, I want to play for you. <laughs> be my, 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 cheerleader, my fan, rather than like, oh man, <laughs> you're going to really co- like, Not Tara's such a great coach, but she's so intense. She has that intensity about her that it's intimidating. So (laughs) that's definitely the difference between those two. Not that the Rock is not intimidating, but like he just he's got that big smile that just lights up a room, and (laughs) Tara's kind of got that look that she'll give you through her through her glasses. (laughs) I'll tell you what,
1: you know, (laughs) living in Connecticut, we have seen that intensity many a times. Not a lot of love lost between us Huskies and the Cardinal. (laughs) we got to take a little
0: break, but when we come back, I want to ask you, Mitch, what Brock may have said to you off-camera that you might share with us and about your plans for the future. You're in the Transporter Room. We'll be right back after this.
1: And welcome back to the Transporter Room and a special guest beaming up. this episode mitch harrison who was on the titan games this week gave a spirited spirited great battle mitch one thing you have said throughout this is that your inspiration your muse and a person who's been steadfastly in your corner throughout this is your wife krista how did you two get together what has she meant to you and what has she meant to the process that you've gone through over these last few years that got you to that stage Monday night.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um well we met in twenty six or excuse me, twenty fifteen. And it was kind of randomly meeting and we were both in positions in our lives where we were actually we were actually both hesitant about being in a relationship. But the most amazing thing about her was I, I literally think it was our very first date where we each kind of put all of our baggage on the table and that included me even coming out to her as trans and at that point i still wasn't 100% sure that i was going to transition but i wanted it to be known that this was a part of myself and that i was i was kind of overplaying playing games in my life whether it was for you know being in a relationship or even just a friendship i i wanted this to be known to those that i knew meant something. And I knew right from the get-go that she was somebody I I, I needed in my life. I knew I needed her in my life. And, uh, you know, ever since then, the same thing on, on her side of it, when I told her, was very forthright to her about myself, she she very much could see it. She's like, I see this by you. Like, even meeting you as Michelle and knowing that, like, you're still presenting yourself as Mitch, but obviously it's like, you're still Michelle- I knew you were Mitch from day one. And so she was that corner piece of providing support to, for me to really make that decision because I I knew I wanted to transition, but it's hard when you don't really have a lot of people in your corner and you're going to something that is such a a major decision. You kind of feel like you need at least that one person that, you know, will always be there and can be somebody you rely on as you're going through things. Cause obviously there's a lot of question marks when you're going to start hormones, like, How's this going to affect me? I've done a lot of research, but I still don't know how it's going to affect me. So from day one, she was like, you need to do this. I can tell that it's going to it's gonna make you happier. So I knew from day one that I needed to keep her around. <laughs> and it, ever since then, it's it just been kind of for myself personally, but also for a relationship, it's just been uphill ever since then. You know, not, you know, we're you not mean the perfect relationship. Like it,
0: it, it's a good thing, not uphill like it's a path. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. That's great
2: clarification right there. Uphill <laughs> in terms of all positive. <laughs> yeah. Now, let me
0: just ask you the...
2: about your wife, though. I mean,
0: I remember when Chaz Bono came out. He had a girlfriend who mm-hmm. was lesbian who was very into chastity. And she had issues mm-hmm. with the fact that suddenly her girlfriend was her boyfriend. This never was a problem for your wife. And I guess... She's fluid enough that she was able to accept you and embrace you.
2: And God, am I jealous of you? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'm, uh, sometimes I'm jealous of myself when I, yeah, you yeah, you're spot on there. She, she was from the get go, not bothered by it. The only thing that she had concerns of initially was, you know, she didn't know a whole lot about it either, but uh, her main concern was, is this really going to change like you, like the core you, um, and I, obviously I couldn't answer that for, I, I was like, I don't feel like it's going to, I feel like it's going to make me happier and more comfortable with myself. But, you know, there's, like I said, it kind of ties into, there's a lot of question marks and regardless of how much research you do, you don't know how exactly how it's going to affect you uh, as you're going through it. So her main concern was like, is this like, I don't mind it at all. Like, I love it. And I think it will make you happy, but is it, is it really going to change who you are? That was her main concern, but it was pretty. It was pretty clear because she, I mean, she was there in therapy sessions with me. She was there on the first day, um, you know, taking hormones. She was in the doctor's offices with me th- the whole time. And I think her confidence was building the more like the closer and closer I got. And then it was it was pretty clear even soon after starting hormones that, okay, no, I can just see that this is going to, this is just going to shed your mask and the light is going to shine through. Oh, that's and beautiful. That's just and it's just all, it's just a good thing. Like I, so yeah, I mean, you're spot on there from, from day one. She, she was encouraging. She's like, I, you need to do this. You, like, really you need to do this because this is your happiness and that's what matters. And so, Steve, you know, oh, that's just so beautiful. So blessed, and, so and
0: and the and the thing, the thing is the people who are closest to us, if they really, really understand us, they'll see that the inside doesn't change it's the outside wrapping that changes. And that if anything, we're revealed that the inside comes to the fore, becomes outside. And exactly not, nothing internal really changes. If anything, it's what was hidden is now for everyone to see. And that's beautiful that your wife was able mm-hmm. to see that you were able to find the strength within you to not push her away and to hold her close to you. God, congratulations to both mm-hmm. of you. I, I, I wanna ask a question though. This is something that's been bugging me. I've been in media for 30 plus years. So I'm over the whole, like, you know, um, fangirling thing. And I I don't really think much about like celebrities, but I imagine meeting Dwayne Johnson is a pretty big deal. And I was wondering, was there any stories you could tell us? Like, did he say something to you? Or did you have any, any messages from him that you wanted to share with our listeners?
2: Absolutely. I I have one of my favorite stories and, uh, and this is besides my favorite, my favorite moment you actually see on the show after my second loss and he comes over and hugs me. And Aww. I was really in that moment with him. Cause I, I did, I not only wanted to make myself proud by winning, but I knew it was going to be huge if I could go on and win and show the rock, you know, the rocks watching and cheering me on. You, you do kind of want to win for him. So that moment on, that was actually on the show uh, my favorite on the, on the show and some, a, a highlight of my life really. Uh, but another story that I love as well was after filming was done um I got a chance to speak on the phone with the the NBC entertainment I think she's CEO her name's Meredith air and um we had a a phenomenal talk uh and she just wanted to to chat with me for a little bit to to thank me for being on the show and I was like I don't know why you're thanking me <laughs> like you guys brought me on the show um but I think she, she was thanking me in terms of, you know, the, the fact that I had the courage to get on such a big stage and tell my story, which meant so much. But um, I got to sharing her, her with her that moment that you see on TV where, you know, Dwayne Johnson tells me that, you know, he's proud of me. And we really had such a an emotional moment. We locked eyes. And it was like, we really looked at each other for that split moment. And, and it's i it, I'm so happy it made it on the show, but it was such a a a surreal moment that I shared with him. And I was, I I shared it with her because I wanted her to know about it. Like how much, even though I lost, that was such a winning moment for me. And she's like, you know, I talked with him afterwards and he shared the exact same story with me from his side and how emotional it made him. And that he said to me, he's like, you know, it makes me think back when I didn't make it to the NFL. And really, even though I was so disappointed and I was crushed by it, He said, it was the best thing that never happened to me. And I really think this is kind of one of those moments for Mitch where, you know, maybe he wasn't meant to come on the show and win, but there's still a statement to be made from his story and and being here and all that. And I'm just like, holy, (laughs) I'm sitting there like, wow, like Meredith Ayers sharing this to me from what Dwayne Johnson said about that exact same moment that we had. So not only did it verify that he also felt something in that moment it made me feel so much more um, uplifted to know that still it sucks that I lost, like it's going to sting forever, (laughs) but that he can see beyond it as well, that maybe I wasn't meant to come on the show and win, but there's still a really big victory coming out of this. And so even though I didn't get to speak to him directly, that was so amazing. And I'll never forget that conversation.
1: Well, with that in mind, what is next? From Mitch Harrison, what's next?
2: Oh, that's another great question. Hopefully I get a chance to utilize opportunities that come from the show. I would love to be more of a spokesperson and a voice for the trans community, especially trans athletes. Um, I'm hoping to uh, soon open my own little studio gym, like like a training studio out here in Alaska, and get back into health and fitness, which is also something I'm super passionate about. And uh, you know, and also just kind of the small things like my wife and I would love to start a family eventually, and just kind of continue to build each other up and, and pursue the things that we're passionate about and support each other and just you know onward, onward, just keep pursuing all the all the amazing things about life and enjoy it and just kind of go from here.
1: <laughs> well, one thing as far as as speaking out, making a statement, especially right now where There is so much discussion and, if you will, debate about trans athletes, some of the laws that have been going through, lawsuits, et cetera. What statement do you feel that you made for trans athletes Monday night?
2: I hope, at least, that the the main statement I made was that trans athletes belong. I really do believe in that statement. I'm glad that it made it onto the show that we belong. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to find answers right away into how we can fairly integrate trans athletes into all levels of sports. You know, it may take some time. I'm sure it's going to take a lot of discussion. But at the end of the day, I don't want any trans athlete out there to think that they don't belong because we do. We belong to be there, not only in sports, but on every big stage we can think of. We deserve that recognition and we deserve to be celebrated. Uh, So if anything, I hope that is the statement that I made.
0: And I bet the timing couldn't be better. I mean, the Supreme Court just decided that as workers, we are protected from discrimination. You know what's going on in Idaho. We need leaders like you right now. We need positive role models for our youth who are at risk of suicide and of being thrown onto the street. And, you know, there's just so many reasons why we need someone like you right now, Mitch. I know the pressure must be. Enormous on your shoulders, but it looks like you have pretty big shoulders to bear.
2: <laughs> Literally and figuratively. <laughs> Do you, um, uh, you,
0: you may have heard by the way, this is a science fiction podcast. We call <laughs> it the Transporter Room. Do you have any interest in that kind uh-huh. of stuff? Because you know, The Rock made it, one of his first roles was on Star Trek Voyager way back in the oh, 90s. That's right, yeah, really. <laughs> uh-huh. See, yeah, I didn't was. know that. <laughs>
2: That's like one of those things that you like you forget about because it's like <laughs> especially based on who he's become you're like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> I totally forgot about that."
0: <laughs> so, any fantasy or sci-fi interests so, on your part just curious?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I I would say my my wife is even heavier into that than I am, but I would say I definitely have interest in that as well. There's probably things that I'm interested in a lot of people out there would be like, "Oh, you're weird. You're crazy." But I'm like, "No, <laughs> we there's a whole lot of us weird ones out there and we love it." <laughs> I'm just wondering, what are you grooving to lately as
1: far as the, as far as the sci-fi fantasy and what's got your interest right now?
2: You know, I don't know if I can consider it fantasy or sci-fi. I think it ties into it, but I love paranormal stuff. Is that, is that considered sci-fi? That can
0: work. That works. Yeah. I think it think <laughs> in the parameters. Sure. Absolutely.
2: There you go. I would say for, for the last while, I mean last maybe a couple of years or so, that's like, what I've been drawn to. I'm so curious about it. I'm kind of one of those that loves to think about, you know, what's beyond life and whatnot, but my wife and I are, have been Trekkie fans. We both grew up watching Star Trek We have all the Star Trek and Star Wars movies. (laughs) Uh, Like, you could definitely consider us in that that same group. (laughs) Mitch,
1: you've been on a trek on your own and I hope it continues. And after what I saw Monday night, I have a feeling that we haven't heard the last of Mitch Er Harrison. Mitch, thank you for
0: joining us here on the Transporter Room.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure and honor. Thank you.
0: We'll see you again. And setting coordinates... For Alaska, be well, best to your wife, and thank you for being part of our program.
2: Thank you so much. Much love to everyone. Thank you for listening.
0: Wow, I got to tell you, he is a rock star, that guy.
1: I was floored with the performance on Monday, even if it didn't go as well as we would have uh, perhaps would have liked to. I'm going to tell you we have not heard the last of Mitch Harrison i'm going to say it again we haven't um very very erudite just a go getter and I, re- I really would like to hear his voice even more and and in not just, not and not just his voice in in particular but also more transmasculine voices in sports we need to hear it more society needs to hear it more especially right now i mean that's just another that's just another reason why we have to stop the erasure of the trans masculine within our community there is so much life there's so much that's out there that's just beyond that's beyond the noise and monday night was an example of the beauty beyond the noise and let's remember every time
0: more. yeah every time somebody tries to knock us out of a women's bathroom they'll be putting mitch harrison in the women's room <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm not gonna touch that one but i will tell you what i i really again i just monday like you were talking about you were in tears i, I was just bursting with a lot of pride
0: oh it's great it's a great show. very well produced Anyways, too yeah and, well, and i want to i want to also add i think i know why his wife fell in love with him have you seen his eyes Oh my goodness, he has the most beautiful, expressive eyes. I was just I was like, wow, look at those. Eyes.
1: Very very cinematic, I must say. But yeah. I also think there's the four I think but Well also the muscles are big too. The, well, <laughs> I mean, no question. There was a gun there was a gun show, Don. I saw that. I mean yes. no doubt. I mean I I mean that was I mean, he looked well chiseled and ready for the and ready for the battle in there. But the one thing that really struck me was just force of character because that had to take, it took a lot of character to step up to that line and not only step up to it, but to put the story out in front of the nation. I mean, it's hard to do it when it's just family, friends, but to put it out there in front of 30 or 40 million people and put it out there and say, this is where I've been and this is who I am. That I mean that people I know that we, that we who've gone through it don't exactly we don't exactly cotton to being brave. We just say we're doing what we need to do to survive and to live and to prosper. But still it does take it takes a measure of bravery and fortitude to put yourself out there like that. And I saw somebody take that step Monday night and put himself out there like that. And that can that one small step for Mitch Harrison, one giant step for us all.
0: Absolutely. And let's keep tabs on this guy. Don't lose track of Mitch Harrison. He's going places. And we've got to go places. It's time for us to say goodbye. I am very excited about next week's show. Do you know that we have one of the most popular Outsports podcast hosts joining us next week? Randy Boos of Level Playing Field. Beams into the transporter room next week. I'm looking for it. Absolutely. That's going to be interesting. And make sure you also listen to Brian Bell and LGBT in the ring tomorrow on the Outsports Network. We've got Three Strikes You're Out with Ken Schultz coming up on Friday. And, of course, the Sports Kiki all this weekend. I'm excited to be talking to you, Carly. Looking forward to seeing your next story in Outsports about Mitch Harrison
1: looking for looking forward to writing some more. I mean this is this is a story that I'll tell you. If you if you tried to sell this script to Hollywood, they wouldn't believe it. That's how great this is. This was a very much a feel good story, but that story's not over in fact, it's just beginning. Absolutely. Steady as she goes. Live long everyone and prosper. See you next week.